I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello again, everybody. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith here on SportsGrid. It's in-game live where we continue to tour headline news in the sports world and also figure out how to get some value, how to make some money on it, Jared. And we're going to be talking about college football in this hour. But from a big picture perspective, you know, one of the biggest topics that are out here right now is this this push and pull, right, where everyone wants sports to happen, everyone wants to prepare as though we are normal, but then obviously the public health, the public health concern, the uncertainty that is out there. We talk about how it's creating, you know, an interesting dynamic, whether that be with cities and states or, you know, governments and entities like leagues and teams and universities. And I know you saw what uh, Oklahoma State head coach Mike Gundy had to say this week, right? And I think his perspective, his quote, you know, is getting a lot of attention, but it really does represent this push and pull that we're feeling as a society. What were your thoughts on Gundy saying, you know, the idea that, hey, these kids are are healthy, they're ready to go. We need to get some revenue for the state. Uh, God bless these college football coaches. Uh, we've seen Dabo Sweeney uh, come out with a similar sentiment where he said, we stormed the beaches of Normandy. We, I mean, it's just I love these guys. I love their enthusiasm. Obviously, they're not worried uh, about the overarching macroeconomic issues that this virus is having on our country. They're just worried about Clemson and Oklahoma State football, and, and that's all they're paid to worry about. Uh, right. So I can't fault them for that. But I will say this. I, I do think it's a little short-sighted if, if Mike Gundy's saying, yeah, we got to play because Oklahoma needs money. I mean, that that's, goes against what a lot of people are saying, that 
you know, if we do open things back up, it will cost American lives. And that is, that's the push-pull issue. And it might not cost the lives of the Oklahoma State players, but people going to that game or people traveling to go watch Oklahoma State might be impacted in some way. So, I, I you know, I, I appreciate their enthusiasm. We need the positivity. We need a rallying cry. Maybe don't let these, you know, maybe don't put it out there in the media that these players are just sacrificial lambs and, and they're healthy enough to overcome the virus. That is a bad look. Uh, maybe frame the message a little bit more eloquently. And and Mike hasn't cared about that over his years. He, you yeah. know, he, I'm a man. I'm 40. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. No, there's there, there hasn't been much filter there. And I don't expect there to be much. But I think at the higher levels of government, there needs to be. And, and, and that's why Mike's. Uh, his 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 opinion is heard, but I don't think it's something that that's going to be gospel uh, for a lot of these entities as we figure out whether or not sports are going to come back on time, especially yeah, football. I, I hear you, and you know, you know, the state of Oklahoma needs revenue. Every state needs revenue. Everybody, yeah. But Jared, you and I, as sports investors in our account, we need some revenue too. So let's turn our attention to how we could do that. I want to start, Jared. You know, we're going to look at some of these win totals in a minute, but I want to start big picture, okay? I remember we had talked last week, I believe it was, you know, the idea of if there's five power conferences, right, and there's four spots in the playoffs, if you know the SEC is going to get one, if you get some kind of value potentially by picking one of these other conferences right, you get a participant in the playoffs, and then this idea of your initial bet that you can maybe hedge, or as you coined the term, snack off of throughout the season. And correct me if I'm wrong, you were talking about schools like Texas, like Oklahoma, like USC. Um, and I wanted to let you know that earlier this week, I did an interview with our good friend Joe Lisi, go for the two. Who knows more about college football in Nobody. our squad than Joe Lisi, right? And, and so I know you like the idea to hear other people's opinions and, and, and think what could be some good action. And I, I asked him a similar question. And he came up with two uh, schools to kind of really look at. And I wanted to get your thoughts. The first is a name that I think you mentioned before. And it is the Auburn Tigers, Jared, at now 40 to 1. He is high on Auburn. He likes the potential of their SEC season to build a resume. He even says Bo Nix as a Heisman caliber um, kind of uh, player could be an interesting correlated bet. You know, we've done that before. And the other school, Jared, he mentioned on SportsGrid, at least with me and uh, Joe Ranieri, was the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. And they stand at 25 to 1 as well. I wanted to get your thoughts on some of those schools that are in that 20, 30, 40 to 1 kind of level um, that may still have a chance because probably only like seven teams have a shot. But at least, you know, our partner Joe Lisi, he considers the Irish and the Tigers among them. What say you, Jared? Notre Dame's an interesting, an interesting bet this year. So they're going to get a bite out of Clemson at home. Mm. And that will define their national title hopes. If they beat, if they can find a way to beat Clemson, then yeah, no, they're they're contenders. Um, so my guess is, and that game's very late in the season. It's on November seventh. It's one of their last. Uh, uh, it's their fourth last game. And then even after that game, they have to face Georgia Tech and Atlanta, Louisville, and then go to USC. So Notre Dame's got a really tough end to the season. So what that tells me is that the beginning part of their schedule, as expected, and it is, it's relatively soft. They open with Navy, Arkansas, Western Michigan, Wake Forest. Tough game against Wisconsin. Sleepy. That game right there. So circle that game, October 3rd, against Wisconsin. That, to me, is the game where you're going to find out if Notre Dame is legit or not. So what you're telling me is 
is that 25 to one? Is that going to get me to October 3rd against Wisconsin? Right. If because if they're seven and zero, then you're sitting pretty, and you got you got moves to make off of that, right? Exactly. So if you bet 25 to one right now, and then you get to that game against Wisconsin, you could take a little snack on the Badgers. There it is, snack. Take a little snack on the Badgers. I don't know. I, actually, it might have the lines up for that game. We'd have to go searching for them, but we they do have a lot of the lines for a lot of those games. Yeah, they uh, have. If we My guess is Notre Dame would be favored at home. My guess is Notre Dame would be favored. Well, actually, no, it's a it's a neutral game. Uh, that game's at Lambeau Field, which is going to be – that's going to be some game at Lambeau. Uh, October 3rd, it's one, two, three, four, five. It's week six, I think. So yeah, I think I Wisconsin-Notre Dame, I've got it right here. Um, right now, and this is a very early line, obviously, but in that Wisconsin-Notre Dame game, which, like you said, is at a neutral site, the Badgers would be favored, Jared, but only by a point and a half, okay? Yeah, and so it's basically a pick 'em. So, yep. you know, a good strategy would be if you if you are in Joe Lisi's camp and you like the Irish, then yes, betting him at 25 to 1 right now uh, is a good bet because you're not going to get a lot of difference with the early part of their schedule. It's only going to go up. I don't expect them to lose early on. And then you'll have an opportunity on October 3rd uh, to take a little nibble on Wisconsin. And if the Badgers win, well, then you win your bet. You, you know, you head yourself out of that national title bet a little bit, uh, and you deleverage yourself. And if, guess what? If Notre Dame wins, then you, well, still you got another couple of weeks. Exactly. <laughs> and then you'll have an opportunity later to probably hedge out uh, against Clemson. And, and Jared, Sorry to interrupt, but, like, how many times can you do that? You know what I mean? How many snacks can you take? Because you talk about it, and I understand the concept, right? Either or. Either Wisconsin wins that game, sucks for your Notre Dame championship bet, but you hit that, and every time Notre Dame kind of, like, gets over that hurdle, it augments your, you know, future's championship bet. But how many snacks can you take before you kind of, you know, devalue your outlay for the Notre Dame futures bet? Bigger the dog, bigger the snack. Let's just okay. leave it at that. At 25 to 1, maybe once, max, twice, if, you know, you really get an opportunity. Um, at 50 to 1, you know, two times probably. Um, because, yeah, you're probably chop you're chopping off your arm, you know, despite your face in certain of these spots. But, again, you don't have to, to hedge it. You know, the, but what, what it's doing is it's it's perpetuate. It's, like it's like the saying goes, live to fight another day. You are living, if you de-risk yourself a little bit from certain spots, if you don't like the way something's looking, let's say Notre Dame hasn't looked great in those early games. They almost lost to Navy. Oh, no, they had problems with the Ian triple Bush option. an ankle. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's, and, and you know, you, you say that, he's asleep. If you like if you like Notre Dame, I would bet yeah. Book to win the Heisman yeah. before I bet Notre Dame at 25 to 1. In fact, I, I think the last time I checked, he was higher than 25 to 1. Ian Book uh, right now in the Heisman market, I have it here. He is forty to one. Yeah, okay. that's that's see, and, and again, look at look at these bets more holistically sometimes. Right. So Bo Nix is twenty five to one. We talked about Auburn. Bo Nix is twenty five to one to win the Heisman. Auburn's forty to one to win the title. Yeah. Well, you flip that for Notre Dame. Notre Dame's twenty five to one to win to the yeah. title, but 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 uh, oh, Book is forty Lord. to one. I'd rather take the forty on both on both sides. Um, and, and again, these are long shot bets to begin with 25 to one. The odds of you hitting that are smaller. 40 to ones are even smaller. So why wouldn't you want to get the most value you can from each pick? I, I would look to that instead because those bets are very correlated. If Notre Dame's playing in the national championship game, you can bet Bo Nix is going to be a Heisman contender. 
Right. He'll, he'll be in New York, at least. I remember, Jared, we did a similar thing. Remember, I think it was like looking at the Carson Wentz MVP odds when we did that same, you know, exercise in the NFC. I brought up Notre Dame, but the other school I brought up, because I know you're in, you're in line with this, is Auburn. Right. And we talked about Auburn at potentially 40 to one to win this national championship. But in order to do that, Jared, um, they would likely have to win the Iron Bowl. They have to win an SEC championship game. And then I look at this. Listen, Jared, I look at the SEC teams and their win totals. OK, and, and Auburn, who you're talking about as a national championship sleeper, who I heard from Joe Lisi talking about as a national championship sleeper. Jared, there are. Um, five or six teams in the conference that have higher win totals than the Auburn Tigers. The Auburn Tigers are at eight and a half, right? I see LSU at nine. I see Texas A&M at nine and a half. I see Florida and Georgia at 10. And I see the Crimson Tide at 10 and a half. That means there are, you know, they are like the sixth choice in this conference in terms of winning that amount of games. Talk to me about the value or the discrepancy you see between Auburn and some of these other SEC teams. Massive discrepancy. Auburn is massively undervalued in this market. There it is. Here's your, here, here, is your, here is your blanket. No, here is your bold statement for the 2020 college football Give season. Give it to me, Jared. Auburn will be 10-0 and on November 21st before their home game against LSU. They will be undefeated and they will be in the top five. Uh, they don't have anyone on their schedule besides a road game at Georgia on October 10th. Here's their schedule. Dan. Okay. Give it to me. Alcorn State, North Carolina on a neutral field at Ole Miss, Southern Miss at home, Kentucky at home, at Georgia, home against AM, bye week at Mississippi State, who has a new head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator, Mike Leach, by the way, uh, and home against Arkansas. Oh, and then, by the way, that tune-up for the LSU game, a home date against UMass. So there's no doubt in my mind that Auburn will, at minimum, be 9-1, and but I'm going to make the bold prediction that they will go into Athens and beat Georgia. They will be 10-0. and I don't see that being an issue. My guess, I'm making 10-0. and Auburn nice. will be already hitting their win total. You'll be cashing in those profits. And Bo Nix and company are going to be ready to roll for a massive home date against the defending national champs. We'll see how big it is. We'll see how LSU uh, does this season. All we'll right. see if that game is even important. It could be a tune-up for the following week in Tuscaloosa against Alabama. And I'll even make a bolder statement. The winner of that game. But Auburn at Bama will be yeah. playing in the national championship game. Maybe not win at all, because I think Clemson and Ohio State still, you know, are title contenders. But my guess is the winner of that Auburn-Bama Iron Bowl on November 28th will be playing for the national title. So they will get a favorable seed in the college football playoff, either one or two, and they will be, uh, hopefully, uh, if I'm smart and if I'm right and if I'm a pro- prognosticator uh, extraordinaire, as I claim to be, uh, either Auburn or Alabama, the winner of that Iron Bowl, will be playing for the national title this season. I think it's a two-horse race in the SEC. Uh, I think Georgia's going to struggle with a new starting quarterback. Their defense is back. Their defense is going to be great. But we saw how how much they struggled to keep up with some of these offenses in, 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 in the big time last year. I mean, LSU just absolutely blitzed them uh, in, in the SEC title game. And I think Auburn's offense is going to be a similar – Unique attack. You know Gus Malzahn likes to be a trickster. <laughs> Bo Nick showed me some things last year. He's a stud. 
They've got their whole offensive line back. They've got hog mollies up front, and they've got speedsters at every position. This Auburn team's loaded. Joe Lisi's spot on with his handicap. And that that Auburn-Alabama game on November 28th is going to be a natty preview. Wow. Okay, so bold predictions here from Jared Smith in the SEC. I'm trying to put it all together here, Jared. It sounds like you might like the under win total, though, than on teams like LSU or about Florida, let's say. They have Florida at 10 wins. Florida is 16-1 to to win the national championship, and I didn't hear you say anything about the Gators. Do you think that they may be the team on the other side in the SEC championship game, for example, or am I correct that you may be fading the national champions and fading Florida as per their win total in the SEC. So Florida doesn't have to face Auburn. Georgia does. Okay. So by default, I give the edge to Florida because their cross schedule is much easier in the SEC. Uh, Georgia has to face Auburn and they have to go to Alabama. Forget it. No chance. They are not going to, they are not going to have the kind of firepower to keep up uh, with the Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa. Uh, (laughs) This is an offense that, is going to struggle without their two best players from last year, Jake Fromm and DeAndre Swift. And I know Jamie Newman's great. Don't get me wrong. He showed me something at Wake Forest last season, and he can certainly carry the mail. But you're going from a conference in the ACC that didn't play much defense to the SEC, which is a whole different bag of worms. Unlike what Jalen Hurts did going from the SEC at Alabama to the Big 12 last year, that was obviously the big transfer. And Joe Burrow going from Ohio State, sure. uh, which was at a major conference uh, and, you know, in a big-time defensive conference like the Big Ten, even though he didn't play much, to the SEC. Jamie Newman's taking a monster step up in talent. And he's going to be good, but he's not going to be great. And DeAndre Swift leaving is huge. They've got Mims on the outside gone right. as well. This is a Georgia offense that has lost a ton of sure. firepower. Their defense is all back. And their defense is going to be supreme. And their defense is going to keep them in games. But I don't think they're going to be able to go into Tuscaloosa and win. So they're already going to be a, a loss behind the eight ball uh, before that Georgia-Florida game uh, on Halloween night, uh, Halloween afternoon, I guess, uh, in Jacksonville. So I, I think Florida's the team to beat in the SEC East. Ten's a big number. Ten's a big number. They've got to face LSU. They're not conferences a breeze. Eastern Washington, South Alabama, and then Florida State, uh, who has a new head coach, Mike Norvell, which is on the rise, but I wouldn't put too much stock uh, in the Seminoles this season. So Florida's my pick in the SEC East. I think it'll be Florida uh, against the winner of that Auburn-Alabama game uh, in the last game of the regular season. But, man, oh, man, the SEC is going to be good this year. I-, I think they're obviously the best conference in college football. Again, no surprise, the Big Ten, I think, is second. Uh, and then the Big 12, SEC, uh, Big 12, ACC, Pac-12 kind of filters down after that uh, in no particular order. But to me, Auburn is an absolute buy low monster over eight and a half. We're seeing the odds move heavily in that. It's probably going to be nine before not too long. All right. And Jared thinks Auburn Tigers are an intriguing buy at 40 to one. Remember, if they do wind up nine and oh, 10 and oh into their big matchups, another position you can hedge off of those Georgia Bulldogs, Jared also lost not one, but two offensive tackles that are going to be going in the first couple of rounds of this year's NFL draft as well. I do wonder though, Jared, what do you think? You talk about that uh, Georgia-Florida game. What do you think the cocktail party is going to look like this year? Not like it looked like Good in question. years past, right? We see with spring break and Mardi Gras. I don't know if the cocktail party is going to be popping off in the SEC, but it will still be the biggest conference and probably the best conference 
in college football. Jared mentioned the Big Ten. That's where we turn our attention when we come back here on In Game Live. You know about Ohio State, but where is the value as per the win totals? Are there a sleeper Jared likes to buy? Is there a team that he's fading? Come on back on In Game Live. We'll find out after this. We are giving you the edge. It's Sports Grid. Come on. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to In Game Live right here on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith taking you around everything you need to know to bet a little bit of money, make a little bit of money in the sports world, even when no games are going on right now. Jared, we talked about the SEC, which everybody knows is kind of the deepest conference, the quote-unquote best conference. I think it's going to be very, very interesting, though, Jared, when SEC football is going on at the same time as the Masters in the heart of the college football season. You know, uh, priorities and, you know... uh, 
uh, allegiances may be tested. But, you know, when we have the, uh, you know, there's no shortage of things that will be going on in the fall, making up for the dearth of college or pro or any action happening right now as we are still dealing with this coronavirus. We talked about the SEC. The Big Ten is up next. Before we start, Jared, on the Big Ten, I want to take it from, you know, the big picture standpoint, right? Ohio State right now is listed as the second choice to win it all at 4-1 to one behind only Clemson, Justin Fields. You know, Justin Fields is actually listed as the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy, even over Trevor Lawrence right now. So I want to ask you on a big picture level, you know, are you willing to bet 4-1 to one on Ohio State? Is there value in the Buckeyes at that number? The reason why there isn't is because I don't think it's going to move that much between now and when the playoff starts. Right. So, again, we're trying to capture movement. And I, I, I talk about this all the time. Uh, you know, Arielle and I go back and forth about this because she asks me, what you know, what's a sharp compared to what's, you know, a public sure. uh, play? And I tell her, well, anyone can be a sharp. You can be a sharp. I can be a sharp. We're all sharp in some way because the definition of it is beating the closing line. And you're going to have bets where you beat the closing line. You're going to have bets where you don't. The key is, do the majority of your bets beat the closing line? Or are you constantly getting outpaced by the marketplace uh, when that line does close? And to me, that is why Ohio State in this spot and any massive favorite uh, in, in certain marketplaces where there's still four to five months of season to go is just, I wouldn't bet it. I, I just I just wouldn't bet it because I don't think it's going to move that much between now and when it's going to be concluded uh, and when you're going to have a clearer picture of the matchups and where things shake out, and that'll be right around the end of November when the college football playoff uh, final rankings are released, I mean, beginning of December, late November, depending on uh, where where the calendar shakes out. So, no, I would not be betting that at 4-1 to one because I don't think it's going to be moving that much over the next few months. Now, it could go down against you because Justin Fields could get hurt, but I don't see it going up. Best-case scenario, listen, Ohio State is projected to go 12-0 and this season. So if they go 12-0, and no one's going to be running in the window because Ohio State's overperforming what their number is. They're supposed to go 12 and 0 or 11 and 1 at worst because their number's 11 and a half. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, when you look at Ohio State or actually the number's 11, excuse me, but there's yeah, juice to the over. Right. So, so they're they're projected to go 11 and 1. So, if they go 12 and 0, how much can the number possibly move? So, and and that gives you my uh gives you my handicap on Ohio State because I don't think overall they're they're a team that you should be betting on at this stage. You should be waiting to play them. And if you want to bet them individually, I'm fine with it. But they're just too overvalued in the marketplace right now for me to give them a hard look to. Yeah, I hear that. We talk about it with the NFL also, right? I ain't betting any team that has a win total of like 12 and a half. There's just not enough room, you know, to, for there to be actual value. Yeah, they lose one game. The bets are over. Your best you can do is push. So and they got a couple. They got a tough game early on in their season. Now, they're favored to beat Oregon in, in, in Eugene in week two. But... That's no duck walk, no pun intended there. I mean, that's a tough game. Austin right. Stadium, you would think, if we have fans in the stands, going to be pretty rocking for that game. Well, we don't know if we'll have fans in the stands. That's another story for another well, not the starting quarterback of the Oregon Ducks in that game. Let me ask you, first of all, you know, and I'll probably get a lean on this on some other bets that you're making, but in the Big Ten, if you don't think Ohio State, even though they may be the class, right, they may be the cream of the crop in that conference, there's a difference about being the best and representing the most value, right? So who in this conference are you kind of having your eyes on? We talked about Auburn in the SEC to kind of overperform their odds and their potential. What team are you hot to trot on in the Big Ten this year? 
You know, it's funny. I, I wasn't on this team set until very recently. Ariel gave me, we did the Big Ten earlier this week, and, and okay. I kind of poo-pooed Indiana a little bit. And I hope you don't go back and watch the tape because uh, I'm going to say kind of the opposite of what I'm feeling now. So I, I, I picked the under on Indiana because I'm okay. like, there's no way Indiana can win eight games. And then I, yeah, and then I look back at who they have coming back. And then I looked at their schedule and I'm like, you know, Indiana at eight and a half, the Big Ten being a kind of a weak conference. And I know Indiana's in the tougher half of it, having to play in the Big Ten East. Mm -hmm. uh, but their non-conference schedule is a cakewalk. Western Kentucky, Ball State, at UConn. Those are three wins right there. They're going to go 3-0 and in non-con. And they open their season at Wisconsin. And to me, I think fans in the stands are going to be not something we see week one. Okay. And you don't see a lot of big-time conference road games in week one. But the Big Ten's been throwing these out at them the last couple years. They've been starting the season with conference games. Right. And again, if you tell me that Indiana is going to go to Wisconsin and there's no fans in the stands, I mean, I give them a decent shot to win that game. And if they win that game and they could start 4-0 before they head their before they get their bye week and then they go Maryland Rutgers back to back, they could legitimately be a 6-0 and team. Hmm. And then they only have to go 2 and 4 down the stretch. Now, granted, they have to face Michigan State, who's supposed to be really bad this year. Their right. win total is only four and a half. Yeah, I was gonna and they got and they've got the gauntlet: Penn State, Ohio State, Illinois at Michigan. Tough four-game stretch there, and then they close at home against Purdue, who's only supposed to win five games this season. Indiana's looking kind of tasty to me at seven and a half. There, I, I I see eight wins very very reasonably on this schedule, and especially if you handicap it as that early part of the season against Wisconsin, no fans in the stands. They can go to Camp Randall and win that game. Uh, on a Friday night, Labor Day weekend, when you know it's a, it's an empty stadium, nobody's going to be jumping around in Madison for that game. Uh, but again, we don't know that. We don't right. know that. But if you want to beat the market, if you think you have a pretty good idea that there's not going to be fans in the stands for college football season, at least in the early stages, yeah. then that would be a game that would have a major impact because you don't see a lot of conference games played that early in the schedule especially a big one that's probably going to be a swing one for Indiana. If Indiana wins that game, they're going to go over seven and a half wins. I promise you that. So I, I, I'm circling the Hoosiers a little bit, and I know it goes against what I said earlier this week with Ariel, but now that I've taken a deeper look, Indiana's got a little bit of juice for me here at seven and a half. You know, this is very interesting, okay? You bring up Wisconsin, and I want to ask you about them. First of all, Jared, what do you mean there'll be no stands in the fans in Wisconsin? They went out and voted just a couple of days ago, and if they could do that, it's got to be all right. That's true. But I that's that's true. We are, I, You know, I, I again, that's a loose handicap because we have nothing to base off of. Show yeah. already, uh, but I digress. Um, I wanted to ask you about Wisconsin, though, right? Because their win total stands at nine and a half, okay? However, already in this show, you have told me about a Notre Dame game that you think Notre Dame is live in. You have told me about an Indiana game at Camp Randall that you think Indiana is live in. I know also you have one of the kind of big games in this conference over the course of the year being when Michigan travels to Wisconsin at Camp Randall and will be kind of a, a road dog of about three points in that game in week four. Another early season conference, big time home game for Wisconsin. So I'm trying to put some of what you're saying together. Jared, and it seems like you think there are live dogs coming into Wisconsin left and right this season. So I ask you about the Wisconsin win total at nine and a half. Is this something you're fading, Jared? 
Yes, absolutely. Under on Wisconsin. Uh, I was never that high uh, on Jack Cohn. He's a Long Island kid. I love him. I covered him in high school at Sayville. Uh, but I, I don't think he's a guy that's an elite quarterback in the Big Ten. He's not a great thrower. He's not very accurate. But you lose Jonathan Taylor, who's one of the best running backs in the history of college oh. football, and their entire offensive line is basically new. Uh, they've got a redshirt junior who didn't play one game last year. He's going to start at center. The rest of their offensive line, both tackles, both guards are all sophomores. So they don't have a ton of talent returning. Paul Chris has already had to cancel a lot of summer camps. We saw an article this week right. about uh, Paul Chris having to cancel all the summer camps and the recruiting camps, and it's – it's it's a tough situation in Madison this year. I don't know what's going on there, but they've had a little more headline news uh, about some of their season kind of being derailed early on, and that's why the number is what it is, minus 200 to the under 9.5. And, uh, and their schedule's not easy either. We've talked about that non-conference game against Notre Dame. How about this non-conference matchup against Appalachian State? Ooh, very, very, very underrated up. program. So they've got two games in the non-conference that they can lose. The road games in conference play are tough. At Michigan, they're going to be favored in that game, even though uh, a lot of a lot of tough, uh, you know, not easy to go into the big house and win, especially in that Paul Bunyan axe game. But they will be favored in that game at the big house. They also go to Maryland, Northwestern, Purdue, and Iowa. So their their conference season's favorable. And again, they play on the easier side of that of that right. conference division. It is an unbalanced division. Uh, in the Big Ten East compared to the Big Ten West. The big boys all play in the East. Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State compared to Wisconsin, Northwestern, Purdue. Uh, it's Minnesota. A lot easier on the other side of that conference. Now, Minnesota's supposed to be good. P.J. Fleck continues to build that program. But I'm selling Wisconsin here. I think the, the odds will keep me away from the window at minus 200. But I'm definitely not betting Wisconsin in any futures market this season. They've got a tough schedule. They don't have a lot of talent returning on the offensive line, and they lost their best player in Jonathan Taylor. Wisconsin's a sell for me. Interesting. So we are fading the Badgers. I know Russell Wilson won't be happy about that. You know, you mentioned something, Jad. i got a couple more questions for you on the uh, Big Ten here. We're here on In Game Live. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith giving you the edge you need. And, Jared, this is what we're doing. We're teaching people how to fish right now, giving them a stimulus package. You talked about the East and the West, the divisions in this conference being unbalanced. We know about the same thing right down in the SEC. You, you just talked about it. Like, um, do they have to play Alabama this year? No. Do they have to play LSU this year? No. And how that creates an unbalanced schedule. And in the Big Ten, it's no different, right? Um, they may get lucky and not have to face Ohio State or Michigan in their Big Ten schedule. Are there any teams, Jared, in your opinion, that the schedule and the way it's laid out and who they get to avoid this season, for example, um, are there any teams that are specifically either hamstrung or in a good place because of the schedule itself? Like, I would imagine, you say it's the West, right, where kind of is a little bit easier. Are there any teams that have to play the West except for Wisconsin, for example. Minnesota's in a good spot because their Eastern Division teams are only Michigan and Michigan State, who are both supposed to be down this season. Avoiding um, And they also play Maryland, but that's not a, you know. But they face everyone in the West, Nebraska, Northwestern, Purdue, uh, Illinois, and Wisconsin. And then they play Maryland uh, and Michigan State uh, in the East and, and also Michigan. So that's a favorable schedule. Nine for Minnesota looks nice at, at over nine plus 130. Uh, that would be something I would consider playing. Uh, that Wisconsin game is going to determine whether or not they hit their win total. They've got a very easy non-conference schedule, FAU, Tennessee Tech, and BYU at home, BYU being the toughest of those. But I think they'll take care of business uh, in Minneapolis in that game against the Cougars. So uh, And they get Iowa at home. Uh, on a Friday night. 
which is uh, which is a, a a nice win for them as well. I, I think Minnesota again. I like PJ Fleck a lot. I, I think Minnesota is undervalued here. Uh, I think they showed me a lot last season, and I'm going to continue to bet uh, on the Golden Gophers here over nine at plus one thirty. I think at worst they're a nine and three team, and you're going to push. All right, fair enough. Listen, I like PJ Fleck. I also like that kid that dresses up like PJ Fleck every single game where they play up there in Minnesota. I want to ask you one more question about the Big Ten, Jared, and it's not. It's not at the top of the conference, okay? Because I can make money at the bottom of the conference as well. You talked about teams, you know, in your overview of this conference. You talk about a team like Michigan State. You think they may have a down year. Their total is at four and a half. You mentioned Maryland, the Terps. Not necessarily a lot of things going for them at three and a half. I also see Rutgers, a team at two and a half. Meanwhile, though, Jared, this is a Power Five conference. These are big boys. And you talk about the non-conference schedule. Those teams are Maryland, the Michigan State. They are going to have some cupcakes early on in their schedule. Maybe they avoid Appalachian State, right? So if I gave you one of those teams, the Michigan States, the Rutgers, uh, maybe a Purdue or an Illinois, which of those teams that maybe are expected to be bottom feeders has, you know, some wins in the non-conference schedule banked in, or as those teams play each other, who may get some wins at the bottom of the conference? Do you have any leans on teams that are not Ohio State, not Wisconsin or Minnesota, as we look at, you know, who, who some of these schools who may be considered as also-rans in this conference this year? Yeah, considering uh, the rest of the conference, I think is generally down this year. I, I think I, I can I think I can make a case for Northwestern to be bowl eligible at six and six. Uh, and their total is five and a half. Um, okay. uh, Michigan State, they, they open at Michigan State, which is probably going to be the one that determines. If they win that game at Michigan State, I would say that they're going to get bowl eligible. Tulane, Central Michigan, um, and who was their other non-conference opponent? Morgan State. There you so go. they're going to go, they're going to go, yeah, they're going to go three and oh in the non-conference. Um, I, I and I think their their road games are tough at Michigan State, at Penn State, at Iowa, at Minnesota. Uh, I think they can beat Purdue. They get Wisconsin at home. They close uh, at home against Illinois. Right. I, I can see six wins on this schedule. And again, you get Aiden Smith coming back. Uh, they they were kind of decimated at quarterback last season. They started a freshman for most of the year because Smith was hurt. Uh, Smith comes back now. He's got a ton of talent. And and I, I do like I, I do like Fitzgerald as a coach. I think he's very undervalued. And the Big Ten overall is down, and I think Northwestern's a team that was really, really hamstrung last year, really struggled. I was on there over last year at six and a half, and it didn't even get close. Um, I believe, uh, yeah, they went one and eight in conference play last year. They won't go one and eight again this year. They will not be a last place team uh, in the Big Ten East, or excuse me, in the Big Ten West. Uh, and I am banking on a little bit of a bounce back season from Northwestern. All right, and that's what I'm talking about, right? These guys are going to have to play each other. So whoever comes out of the bottom of that conference may get another two wins. You put their non-conference schedule in there. You can get to five wins if you're one of these Power 5 teams very, very easily. So I am intrigued by some of these teams that are hanging four and a halves, five and a halves, because, you know, you talk about the conference road schedule, Jared, but on with a team like this, if you can find two home wins in the conference schedule, you could be sitting pretty as per their season win total. That's a little bit of a look at the Big Ten. When we come back here on In Game Live, we put a bow on this episode here on Sports Grid. Dane and Jared, hey Jared, 
We're going to go west, young man. We are going to look at the Pac-12. You've already talked about some of the teams you like there, some of the leans you may have. We try to find a way to click submit and get a little bit of extra cash, and that's what we're going to do on the other side of the break. It's Dane Martinez and Jared Smith in-game live right here on SportsGrid. Come on back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. All right, everybody, welcome back here to In Game Live on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith starting to look at college football and some of these win totals some of these odds in the college football season to see if we can find some value. We talked already, Jared, about the SEC. We talked already, Jared, about the Big Ten, kind of these big boy conferences. 
who we expect to have true contenders in the college football playoff. Let me ask you this from a big picture standpoint, first of all. I say it all the time. There's five power conferences. There's only four playoff spots. And we're not going to my platform of 16 anytime soon. And you've also talked about how Notre Dame is live to have a very good season and kind of almost like swipe one of those spots from a power five conference. So can I ask you first, what conference do you think might be on the outside looking in? You know, because Clemson's there as well. So does that mean the Pac-12 champion may not get a bid uh, into the Final Four? I will make another bold statement. The Pac-12 champion has zero chance to make a Final Four bid this year. We have no Utah. We have no, you know, Oregon, that dominant. Uh, I don't expect either of those teams to really make a push. Honestly, I I, I just don't. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Okay, so fair enough. So you're saying then that, you know, the Pac-12 champion, whoever that may be, and we will look at this and dive in in a little bit, Um, you think that they will be out kind of outside looking in. Is that not, Jared, another argument for my platform? To it have is. Division, you know, have all conference champions. Even you mentioned Appalachian State would have had a chance. I think it's going to be, you know, do we have the perfect storm this year, right? Because in a season where maybe Notre Dame is one of those four, then there's only three spots left. And you're going to tell me that two potentially of the Power Five conferences will have a conference champion that can't get in? Like, what if, Jared, we're talking about Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson, and we'll call it Auburn or the SEC champion? There's your four right there. So you're telling me that, you know, a potentially a Big 12 winning Oklahoma or a Pac-12 winning Oregon, USC, whoever it might be, is going to be left out in the cold? Isn't that the kind of year we need to have to have us uh, brought in the field for the playoff? It is. I mean, I, you know, you take it one step further, SEC, Clemson, Ohio State, then you only got one more spot. Right. You know, I mean, and again, and sometimes is, that's is a team the SEC team. Yeah. And, you know, what if Florida goes undefeated and just loses to Alabama or Auburn in the SEC championship game? Right. You're going to keep the Gators at 12-1 and one out who lost to the number one team against, uh, theoretically, a one-loss Notre Dame or a one-loss Oregon or a one-loss Utah? No, I, I, I don't think so. Uh, so I think that's the bigger issue here. And I, I do agree. I, I'd like to see six before I see 16, but I'd certainly like some expansion. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. All right, so Jared, so as I look at the, you know, you made a bold statement, right, that the Pac-12 champion will be on the outside looking in, right? And as I look at the futures odds for the national championship, the first time, Jared, that I see a Pac-12 team is USC at 30 to 1. So I want to ask you not necessarily about their, you know, uh, national championship odds, but do you agree that USC is the class of the Pac-12 this year? I, I totally agree with that. Okay. Um, I love what they have coming back. Slovis is a Heisman contender if he continues to perform at the level we saw last season. They've got the fifth most experience coming back in the entire country. 17 out of their 22 starters are back. We love Clay Helton. I really like Graham Harrell, the offensive coordinator. Uh, and this is also a hot seat year for Clay Helton. Uh, this is his sixth year at USC. And if you don't win a national title and you're there for half a decade, well, then you got to feel your butt getting a little bit warm there uh, out in Hollywood. So uh, I think this is a big year for Clay Helton. I think this is a big year for the Trojans. I love the win total at eight. I'm buying that. I'm buying the over. I love their schedule. I think this is a USC team that can easily be 10-2. and two. Uh, yeah. They have a chance to run the table because, uh, uh, you know, well, not run the table because they face Alabama in week one. 
Uh, but besides that game, they've got a chance to run the table. Uh, their non-conference is Alabama. They face New Mexico. And then they've got the game against Notre Dame, which I think will determine uh, if they are a title contender. It also could determine if Notre Dame's a title contender. I could see that being a top 10 showdown uh, on November 28th at the Coliseum. And that's what we want to see because that's the, that's the Notre Dame-USC rivalry of old that we are used to. The days of Manti Teo and Carson Palmer dueling it out in the desert. Uh, you know, dueling it out for national championships as well. So keep an eye on that game, Notre Dame, uh, USC in the last week of the season. I think overall the Pac-12 is down this year, and I think a talented team that has the pedigree like USC uh, could reach up and grab it. What if I told you, Jared, that USC Notre Dame on November 28th, uh, the Trojans are one-point favorites in that game. And to be quite honest, Jared, I want to push you on this. You say USC is the class, right, of this conference. Then you outline their schedule. If they beat Alabama, if they beat Notre Dame, if they win the Pac-12, that sounds like a resume to me that is one of the best four in the country, no? Yeah, well, they get, well let's see what happens in that Alabama game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, then, and then that game will tell us, we'll get a very early measuring stick on how good USC is. If that game's 38-35, and then, yeah, USC is legit. If that game's 38-10, and we'll, we'll see you next week against New Mexico. Uh, so, you know, right now, I'm not buying USC until I have a little bit more meat on the bone. Sure. And, again, why would you buy USC when their biggest game is week one? You know, get you know what, if you think USC is a national title contender, just bet a money line to win that game. And that's right. it. If they win – you're going to win your bet. You don't even have to wait 11 more weeks for the rest of the season to play out. They're, Bama's probably going to be at least two touchdown favorites in that game. You're going to get five, six to one for your money on USC Moneyline. If you think USC is a national title contender, bet a money line against Bama. If you lose that bet, well, then they're going to be way higher than 30 to one to win the national title. If you win that bet, guess what? You just cast a five, six to one money line on week one of the college football season. I'd say the rest of your week is going to go pretty well after that. So if you think USC is a national title contender, do not bet them at 30 to one. Bet a money line week one against Bama and then play it from there. Fair enough. On that game in week one, when they do have the Crimson Tide, they will right now, as of now, they are 13 and a half point underdogs. There you go. I said two touchdowns. Right there on, on uh, September 5th, right around that Labor Day time we are talking about. All right, so I got to ask you then, you're high on USC. I understand what you're talking about in terms of their championship market, but at eight wins on their win total, it sounds like you think even with a loss to Alabama, they can get over eight. So I got to ask you this one, Jared, because as I see in the Pac-12, there are a few other teams, Oregon at nine and a half, Utah and Washington at eight and a half, you know, are all an Arizona state at the same number as USC. So I got to ask you, if you think USC is a value to go over eight, which of those other kind of, you know, contenders in the Pac-12 are you fading this season? Oregon's an under for me. Tough early part to the schedule. Right. North Dakota State at home, defending D1 uh, F FCS yeah. national champs. And then you got to face Ohio State, and they're underdogs by a touchdown on the hook in that game. And then you face Hawaii, which they should win that game. So they could, they should start two and one in the conference or in the non-conference. But I, I wouldn't give it an automatic win against North Dakota State. I mean, the Bison are tough, uh, and 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 that's going to be a tough game, especially considering Oregon's going to be breaking in a new uh, quarterback. Uh, let's see who they've got at the top of the depth chart right now. Again, we're very early in camp, so a lot of these. And again, sure. it's a redshirt freshman, Tyler Show. Right. Tyler Show, redshirt freshman. 
uh, is going to be uh, the or he's right now the leader of the pack right. uh, at the quarterback position for Oregon. So redshirt freshman quarterback uh, for Oregon, and again, that's a high win total. You have to go ten and two in order for that bet to hit. So you right. look at this schedule and you give me two losses. Well, I, I'm going to say they're going to lose to Ohio State. Uh, so there's one right there. Uh, and, and, and I think they've got some tough road games in the conference as well at Cal, at Zona, at Washington State, at Oregon State, and they have to face USC. So I, I, I think I could see three losses on this schedule very easily. I think it's going to be tough for them to get to 10 and 2. And I, I think Oregon's a fade this year for me. All right, fair enough. Uh, we talked about this in the Big Ten. We talked about this in the SEC. And a lot of these conferences, the Pac 12, no different. Isn't one division a little bit slanted? This time it's not east and west. They do Pac-12 north and south, I do believe. So are there any kind of schedule liabilities? Which, which division, Jared, profiles to be uh, tougher than the other? Is there any competitive imbalance that we could look at when looking at the Pac-12 on the whole division so versus north and south? If you think, if you think Colorado uh, at three and a half wins and Oregon State uh, at five and a half wins are the two worst teams right now in the conference based on what I'm looking. Stanford, UCLA, they're down there as well. I, I would say Colorado, UCLA. Yeah, no, I think the South is probably a little weaker. I think you've got the heavy team in USC at the top. Utah's down. They lost a big, big chunk of their starting defense and also Zach Moss as well. But they only have two returning starters on defense, and they were such a good defensive unit last season. Uh, mm -hmm. So Kyle Whittingham has some work to do there. So I think Utah could be a step worse than last season, and their win total from nine. I remember I bet their over win total at nine and a half last year. This year it's eight and a half. Uh, and, of course, Arizona State continues to kind of be one of those teams that you don't know what you're getting with Herm Edwards. So I, I think the South is up for grabs. UCLA is supposed to be down. Their win total is five and a half. Colorado's the worst team in the conference. Uh, and then Arizona as well, second worst at four and a half. So you've got the two worst win totals in that conference. And you've got Utah and Arizona State who lost a ton of talent. So I would say the South right now is the easier division because it's top heavy. And man, I'll tell you what, if I can make a bet right now for USC to win the Pac-12 South, I'm making it. Yeah. So I wonder, and I don't have the schedule in front of me, but, you know, we talk about kind of the schedule. I got it. Right? Yeah. Fantastic. So then my follow-up question is, is there a team in the Pac-12 North that avoids USC this year in their schedule? You know what I mean? Because is there a team that has to go through the North Shore, but they get lucky this year and don't have to play USC in the South, have the kind of that, that gain? It's almost like be, having to play the SEC you know, East but avoid Alabama or having to play in the Big Ten uh, East and avoid Ohio State. Are there any teams that happen to have that what looks like the perfect storm of the schedule that has to play the South but avoids USC because, you know, that's one less tough game and the schedule could be imbalanced in their favor? Are there any teams that profile from the North that you could think could get some little kind of an edge vis-a-vis -vis the schedule, having to play Arizona, having to play, you know, Colorado, but not having to play the Trojans. You know, I'm looking right now, and I want to look their depth chart because I want to see who's coming back to play quarterback for them. Oregon State could be an interesting buy at five and a half. Okay. Uh, I was on Oregon State last season at two and a half, uh, and they deeply, deeply overachieved that. So they've got a, they've got a sophomore transfer, uh, Tristan Gabia, who's right now scheduled to be their starting quarterback. Listen, Oregon State was a big buy for me last year. They won four conference games. Uh, I, I think I got their total of two and a half or three. Uh, and this was a team that was, I think they were one and 11 in 2018. Right. And they bounced back last season and they almost, almost, almost got bowl eligible. 
And at five and a half, I think they take a step up this year and win that sixth game. Uh, they don't have to face USC, which you mentioned. They've got a tough non-conference game to start the season at Oklahoma State. That's a tough game. But it prepares them very well for the rest of the season. Then they have Colorado State, who's supposed to be dreadful, and Portland State. They'll be 2-1 and one to start their year. Then they've got a home game at Washington State, at Arizona State, at Washington. Then they get their bye week. So if they can start the year 3-3, three and three, right. I like the back half of their schedule a lot. Cal, Stanford, UCLA, Utah. Then they close Arizona, Oregon in the Civil War. I could see them getting a six win. Oregon State's a, Oregon State's on the list. Oregon State just got put on my my uh, radar uh, for buy low. I love buying five and a half because I like that benchmark of getting to six. Uh, so I like to pull out the five and a halves on every sheet and see if there's some wiggle room there on either side. Oregon State could be an early one right there uh, at five and a half. Again, they've got that tough early game against the Cowboys uh, in uh, you know, Thursday night in week one. And we heard Mike Gundy say there's going to be fans in the stands for those games. But, uh, you know, I, I think if they can get past that game and they don't get destroyed uh, in Stillwater, I think they've got a chance to uh, to get bowl eligible this season. And I think it'd be the first time in a long time uh, for the Beavers to get to a bowl game. So that'd be a big win for them. Five and a half is a good number. I think I'm going to look to play on the Beavers here in the over. That's interesting. Yeah, maybe since Chad Johnson and TJ Hushmanzada were out there, right, for the for the Beavers. I, you know, I want to just ask you one last question, Jared, as we wrap up in-game live here today. But don't worry, we'll be back for another two hours tomorrow. We'll take a look at some of the other conferences and, you know, catch you up on some of the other sports news that happened. But I really like what you said there about looking at five and a halfs. Jared. And, you know, we talk about it in bowl season, how it's so tough to handicap the motivation of 19-year-olds, right? But talk to us why that five and a half is something that maybe can keep the fire going, even for teams that aren't great, because of the threshold of six wins being bowl eligible. So you may have a team with five wins, but they're going to still try like the Dickens to get victory number six, 100%. Right? And, and again, it's a great trend to look at from a macro standpoint, when a team loses its seventh game to fade them the following week. And I, I think overall, exactly, when they have nothing to play for. So I, I think overall, you look at the, unlike the NFL, where a team like the Dolphins, or excuse me, a team like the Eagles can win a division at nine and seven, and a team like the Chiefs needs to win 13 games to win a division and, and vice versa, uh, because certain divisions are different. In, in college football, there's a solid benchmark of success, and it's getting to getting that sixth win. And teams know coming into the season, Oregon State has no chance to win the Pac-12. They know that. They might be saying other other things in the locker room, but they know right now the, the goal is to get bowl eligible. So I, I, I think the win totals to me, the college football win totals are my favorite picks to bet because it's a controlled environment. There's 12 games. Every team plays the same number of games, but there is a major difference in the structure and the format of those games what division they're in in the conference, what their non-conference schedule is like, the sequence of those games. There is a lot of handicapping to do. And college football win totals, I think, is the most controllable market because there are some defined variables that we can bank on. And that's why, to me, when these came out, uh, the Vegas books put these out, and I think the FanDuel, the East Coast books are going to be you know, pretty, pretty close uh, uh, to put these out as well. That's when my eyes light up. That's when it's like a kid in a candy shop, Dane, because I think the college football win total markets is my – other than the, maybe the NFL futures, this is my favorite market to handicap. All right, well, fair enough. Well, tomorrow, Jared, we are going to continue down the aisles of said candy store, and I am excited <laughs> – 
to do it. We talk SEC. We talk Big Ten. We talk Pac-12. We've got two other power conferences. And then, to be quite honest, Jared, then is when I'm going to get my notepad ready because these mid-major conferences, some of these smaller schools, may even be a place where we can find even greater inefficiencies. We'll look at the win totals. We'll look at the conferences. We'll look at some of the big games on the horizon in the college football season because, Jared, you and I both believe and hope that these games are going to get played one way or another. I got to tell you, though, Jared, I went to Syracuse, and I'd be worried as a uh, as an incoming freshman or sophomore, I won't be able to generate that parking lot revenue that I got, allowing people to park their cars in my driveway, you know, as the Carrier Dome got packed. But that's another story for another day. For now, for Jared Smith, I am Dane Martinez. This has been In Game Live. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.